It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast with your hosts, Jake and Joe. Our episodes for the rest of the year until the Super Bowl are brought to you by Blue Chew. So that means go get your subscription, or, or is it prescription? Or is it, I'm, you know, is it the same thing? I'm going to subscribe to Blue Chew? Yeah, whatever. Both work. I think people are already doing it. We don't even have to tell them anymore. So many people, they listen to us, they pop a blue chew, and they just sit back and relax. I don't like that. When you get in your car to go to work or to drive around town, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Bengals, and we'll be right there with you for the drive. You can play our podcast through the Himalaya Podcast app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, a variety of other outlets, of course. We've talked about this, and I'll continue to remind you because Good. brand awareness is important. Jake, I have a life question for you, okay? So this is what I was doing yesterday. I was painting something, and I've got this this kind of a – it's a music stand, okay? And I use it for a lot of things. Normally, I put the projector outside on it, and it gives it a good height to project on the the screen I have. But I also will will set, um, you know, some cardboard on it, and when I'm painting something, put it up on eye level and paint it outside on that. So I was doing that yesterday. It's out near the back alley and maybe like six feet, maybe five feet in from the alley. Well, I took in the piece I was painting, put it in the garage. I left that that thing out there overnight. Um, I go out there today; it's gone. Of course, it is. It's by I left it by the alley, by the road, right? And someone thought it was trash. Now, trash day is Thursday. Is that my fault? Number one, I think it is. But is someone wrong for taking that? Hmm. Uh, I feel like it's your fault. Yeah. Because when you leave stuff out by the road, usually that means it's it's fair game. Even on non-trash days, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because on a right. trash day, it's trash. On a non-trash okay. day, it's like, oh, somebody put something free out on the curb. Okay. That's, that's, that's fair. And uh, did the person do something wrong? I don't know. Probably not. I don't think so either. And I was looking at my, my camera to see if I could see uh, who did it or who took it. Couldn't see it. They must not have picked them up or they Might were outside of the view. Right, might have been a neighbor. But that's why, what's the distance? What's the clearance? Now, five feet in, is that is that free-for-all still on my yard? Or is it like anything within 10 feet of the road is free-for-all? Was I, I just like, on the cusp? I feel like it like kind of has to be on the curb. That's what I think, too. Yeah. I wonder, it, there's really no curb in the back. And, you know, my grill is, there, is, is just as close right back now. there? 
Mm, people will walk their dogs sometimes. Mm. Weird. Yeah, I mean, around here, people usually put, like, free signs on stuff. But if it's, mm. you know, if it's out there... It's Canada, though. Like, it's, it's pretty clear what's on the road here. Yeah, I that's... Feel, a, I feel I, like it's, like, intuitive to people. I agree. And I don't think this had, was a big sign that said, take me. In, in fact, my one piece that I normally paint on with all these different paint splotches on it was still hanging on it. And that was on in the grass, and they took mm. the stand. That's why I was like, hmm. First, I thought yeah. of my wife. Was not her. So... Not great. I'm, yeah, that's me. That's my story. I'm sorry. Those are the things I do because I'm an idiot. Well, that's life. Sometimes we make mistakes. All right, let's get into some questions, shall we? Let's we have a mailbag to do today. We're doing a midweek mailbag. This is one of our strategies to get through the off season. The first question we're going to take today comes from Devin Thomas at Hardy McNotsoft. Is this a blue chew thing? And he asks... Put together an all-time starting 22 Bengals team using current and former Bengals players. Okay, Hardy McNox, not soft. This is going to be, we're going to spend a few minutes on this one, I'd assume, right, Jake? I believe we will. All-time starting 22. All right. Current and former Bengals players. So let's let's just go by position. Quarterback, who are you taking out of the big four? I think we've kind of talked about this before. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. And it, yeah, it's kind but of that was in comeback situations, right? Yeah, it's, it's it's between Carson Boomer and Ken Anderson. And yes, and some people are probably screaming, Logie's screaming right now, but Andy Dalton's going to surpass them all, Jake. Statistically, not era adjusted, right? Era adjusted is still Ken Anderson, I think. It is. And then the question is, will he adapt to the modern game? And you have to just believe that he would because era adjusted, he was the best. Right. And you just would assume he, yeah, he may not have the strongest arm, but he'd figure it out. They'd figure out a way to make it so he's still good. So I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with Ken Anderson also. Boomer's pretty close. And he may feel like he's closer to the modern game. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, Yeah, we're on the same page there. We are. Carson almost. I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong with any of those quarterbacks. Yep. So, I'm going Anderson. Yeah, sure. I'm fine. All right, let's go to running back. Is it easy Corey Dillon? Mm, yes. I think Joe Mixon could surpass him. Corey Dillon for sure. Yes. We, we talked I, about this before because Joe Mixon could, yeah. you know, if he stays healthy and he stays in Cincinnati and he has another, like, four good years. And then, he shows the passing ability, right? Because right. Dylan never was that guy. And he was also hardly ever asked to because, again, different era of the NFL. Yeah. Passing to running backs was not so frequently used when Corey Dillon was around. But Corey Dillon, Willie Anderson said it, did it on some real bad teams. And then as soon as he was on a good team in New England and won a Super Bowl, he just led the league in rushing. Yeah, he was dominant. He had a great career. Yeah. In terms of production and just being... Fantastic. Breaking records. I mean, all yeah. time. Yeah. So let's move on then. We're in agreement there. Receiver. So let's take three. This is pretty tough. This this is real tough, I think, when you start getting to receiver. Because do any of the old guys make it? Sure. Because I think Green and Chad are two that I'm definitely taking. Yeah. And then is it like Chris Collinsworth, Isaac Curtis? Eddie Which... Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Has... Isaac Curtis, I mean, if you look, start piling up numbers, I think Carl Pickens could have an argument yep, for Carl his Pickens. high-end ability. And 
I don't want I don't I don't 90s. want Carl Pickens' personality in the same locker room as Chad Johnson's. And Corey Doan. I think yeah. we're why are some of these best players already? <laughs> we're looking at it like yeah, I guess so. I think you can flip a coin for a lot of those guys. I think if you asked ten Bengals fans, you may get three, four different answers for this guy. Right? For the third receiver. Yeah, it gets really interesting. I think we've talked about the main suspects. Isaac Curtis, Carl Pickens, Chris Collinsworth, Eddie Brown, Joe's daughter. Yeah, you're sorry about that. That's okay. Just thought it would be cute. Um, Yeah. Tough. I want to say Isaac Curtis. Yes, and I think that'd be very fine and very okay. I'm just over here looking at um, reception leaders. TJ Ashman's out of with that 112. And if we already got Chad and AJ, a nice slot guy like TJ, wouldn't be a bad option. Looking at his 112, Carl Pickens 199, Green 98, 97. Um, Chad's in there 97, 95, 93. It's all modern era receivers uh, even peter works on the list at number yeah, 15 overall seven you really gotta catches. go you gotta go to era adjusted and keep that in mind yep because because eddie brown or sorry isaac curtis was doing it from 1973 to 1984 right it's pretty good yeah i, I think isaac curtis is a fine choice yeah i think that's who it is for me on the other hand eddie brown uh Played in 102 games. He caught 363 passes, 6,100 yards, 41 touchdowns. Averaged nearly 17 yards per catch. All of that is less. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just just throwing them out there, nominating them. I think it is yeah. Isaac Curtis. I think I think we got it right with the first three. Okay. All right. That's fine with me. On to where are we going next? Tight ends. Yeah, tight end. Pick one, I guess, because we kind of went with um, two. Uh, our three receivers, so we'll go one tight end. They've had some really good tight ends in their history. Yeah. Bob Trumpy, Rodney Holman, Tony McGee, and then, you know, you, <laughs> Joe's giving me this look right now, like, these kids. <laughs> oh, it's summertime. They're not going uh, away all summer. Ooh. But why do they have to yell at each other? You know, just love each other, kids. It's tough when you're a child. Don't forget Dan Ross, also. Pro Bowl yeah. tight end. Right, yeah. And I was going to throw in, if we're talking about, like, one-year peak Tyler Eifert, but I don't think Tyler Eifert's your one-year guy. I don't think so either. It's got to be Trumpy, right? I was going to say it's got to be, and I think the older guys would definitely respect that. I think I think it's actually pretty close between Trumpy and, and Rodney Holman. Sure. They, you know, Holman had more catches. He had a little bit less touchdowns. He had less less yards. So what they have a, for their career? Uh, let's see. Holman had 318 catches for okay. 4,329 yards, 34 touchdowns, and Trumpy was 298 for 4,635. Man, it's a lot of touchdowns. Because I got Dan Ross here, six years, 263 catches, 3,200 yards, 16 touchdowns. So he right. definitely comes behind them. I mean, Trumpy doing that at tight end in the, in the 60s, era? 70s? That's nuts. Yeah. Trumpy. Let's, let's go Trumpy. Hey, are you writing these down? No, yeah. <laughs> I can real fast. Should we recap real quick? So we can... <laughs> yeah, we got Ken Anderson, we got yep. Corey Dillon, we yep. got AJ Green, Isaac Curtis, and Chad Johnson, and we have Bob Trumpy. Yep. All right, great, we did it. The hardest part now is picking O line. 
Real right? quick at running back, can we take like a James Brooks go yeah. with him? Because <laughs> he's, he, he's a receiving back, and also he's the highest yards per attempt in Bengals history. Yeah, we can take James Brooks to go with him, and I, I don't have a problem with that. Actually, you know who has the highest yards per attempt in Bengals history with, let's say, at least um, like 50 carries? 50? Maybe, what do you want to do, like 100? Let's do 100. All right, you tell me. 100. Oh, you just you just want the answer? I do want the answer. <laughs> Ken Anderson, we already got him. Five, 5.6 yards per carry. And I, I was peaked. My, well, peaked my interest was Jeff Blake, 5.3 yards per carry. Good one. If you go down to 50, any guesses? Mm, no. Peter Wark, 6.8 yards per carry. That's pretty interesting. You know, he's he was ten years too early, wasn't he? Yeah, he would be, he would be like Tyler Lockett probably in today's game. What's next? Offensive line. Yeah, this gets tough. I think. Munoz. Yeah. At left tackle. Wit at left guard. Right. We yep. can do that. Okay, uh, who, who's uh, Max Montoya? At right guard. At was he not a center? Am I? Am Ooh. I? Yeah, okay, my bad. Uh, That's then, fine, though. I, I penciled him at, at right guard also, and I put Anderson at right tackle. We really got to figure out who the center is, though. Yeah, who who's who played center for the Bengals ever? <laughs> During those, it, it kind of want to go back to the 88, 89. Um, we did this last, yesterday, right? And I'm trying to, this guy, his name always slips my damn mind. but um, 89? Yeah. And he, oh, he was the starting center for a few years for them. Uh, where's just a roster pro football reference? Come on. Here we go. Bruce Kozurski. And can you click on him? We'll say how many years he played. He was in Cincinnati from 1984 until 1995. Yeah, and I think it's Bruce Kozurski. Must be. For that long? Mm-hmm. He was playing center for them from full-time 1988 all the way to 1994. He actually played right tackle in 1994. Interesting. Yeah. That's like I, if Bobby, I mean, Quint Bowling was moved out to right tackle his last year. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Imagine. Imagine. <laughs> what was the other year the Bengals went to the Super Bowl? 1982? Is that right? You're, um... 1981? 1982 Super Bowl, 1981 season. That's right. Their starting center that year was a guy named Blair Bush, who started at center for Cincinnati from 1978 until 1982, and then went on to play center for many other teams. He appears to be the best center in Bengals history, just judging off of the number of games he started. This is tough. I was born in 87. 88 for me. You young buck. Young buck. All right, let's go to defense then. Defense. Corners first? Where are we starting first? I was going to start a D-line. Who starts at corners? I don't know. Me, apparently. We're going to go to a quick break first. As always, this episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Here's a little something that Joe has to tell you about that. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night. 
even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're going to pick this right back up. Go to the defensive side. We're creating an all-time Bengals team. I've got the defense line already listed here, Jake. All right. You ready? Uh, Gino? Yep. Uh, Justin Smith? I don't have Justin Smith, but I guess you could now that you say that. I was going to have Coy Bacon as the other. Um, Coy Bacon, huh? Oh, you're thinking defensive tackle? Defensive end, even he was kind of a uh, of a mix, DND tackle, and I guess you could say with just the same with Justin Smith, though. Hmm. Because I was going to put must Tim... have existed pre-sack. Yes. Yeah. He may have had the most sacks in the season if they counted. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. Tim Tim Crumry has to be in there. Yeah, so I was going to put him at nose tackle with Atkins, even though they both be small. I don't give a shit. I think that's a that's taking your two best. Yeah. And then I was going to put Dunlap as one of the ends. Uh, yeah, Dunlap or Justin Smith? I think you can take both of them. I, if you want to say a fifth guy is, is Coy Bacon, Justin Smith, I don't have a problem with that. I wish Smith was here longer. If you would have had that second half of his career with the Bengals, it'd be a no-brainer. He'd be up there with Atkins, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I don't have a problem saying Justin Smith, and and we can say also Coy Bacon making, um, you know, rounding it out. Mm-hmm. Yep, all right. They had an all-pro D-tackle here. Okay, mm-hmm. back in 1972, all pro and two Pro Bowls in 72, 73. His name was Mike Reed. I'm not familiar with him. No. Madhouse over there, Joe. It's nuts. <laughs> all right, so on to the next position group then? Yeah, probably the hardest group. Linebacker. Yeah. So, Takeo Spikes for sure. Okay, I'm fine with that. He had a long, very solid, too good career. Yep. Uh, I won't need to take two linebackers. I want to be a millennial. I really want to put this thing into the future. Is that wrong? Uh, I don't know if it's wrong. So who else? Okay, so I'm looking at Pro Bowlers. Pro Bowl years at linebacker. You ready? We got Jim LeClaire, 1976. Vontaze Perfect, 2013. And Bill Berge. Bergie, Bergie, 1969. Hmm. Slim Pickens. 
They each had one. It's really they have never had a franchise great linebacker. Their all-time leader in solo tackles who isn't Tim Crumry is James Francis, who was a linebacker from 1990 to 1998. Okay. I think it's perfect. Mm, I can't really argue with you. That seems crazy to me. Right, but at his height, he was really good, um, impactful, really changed the defense. Yeah. They don't really have a storied history at linebacker the way a team like, I don't know, Chicago. Or, Pick any team. You can roll the teams. dice on any team and you just say, I can at least find a couple pro bowlers or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't have any repeat pro bowlers at, at linebacker. No. Yeah, that's rough. And I know rough. pro bowl isn't everything, but it's, it's at least given us a baseline here for their history. And no all pros. Yeah, definitely not, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go with those two. Brian Simmons may be a runner-up. Yeah, fine, because he had a, at least he had a long, solid career rather than a short but flashy career in perfect, right? Was that a short career? It's a decent. If you if you take out all the games he missed, it's right. short. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, let's take three corners then. Corner. Uh, Ken Riley. We'll take Ken Riley. Uh, oh. Ken Riley s- never made a Pro Bowl. Which is insane. Yes. I think uh, he's actually made an all-pro, but never made a Pro Bowl. That's yes. what? Yes. 1983, he was first-team all-pro, did not make the Pro Bowl. Did they skip the Pro Bowl that year? <laughs> uh, was that a strike short in year? No, that wasn't it. That's so weird. I want to say Leon Hall. I can take him as a nomination. Who, who else are you thinking about? I want to say Leon it's, Hall is your slot corner. It's older guys. Lamar Parrish went to six Pro Bowls from yeah. 1970 to 1977. Yeah, Lamar Parrish is one for sure. Yeah, Lamar Parrish. And, and I think Leon Hall is your slot guy. That's fine. Um, Lewis Breeden, Tommy Casanova. No, I don't know if some of these guys played safety. David Fulcher. I'm look, it says DB. Um, Fulcher's a safety. Casanova's yeah, a safety. Uh, yeah, Lewis Breeden. I don't know anything about him. He's one of the Bengals' all-time leaders in, in interceptions, but 78 to 87 is not an error that I'm familiar with. He had, an, he had an all-pro year in 1982 with only six games started. How did this happen? He had two interceptions. That's it. I mean, what? What, are the, uh, what were they doing in 1982? I don't know. Maybe well, all yeah. of his forced fumbles came that year. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't keep track of him on this page. No. I'm fine with Leon Hall. I, I could also accept Jonathan Joseph, I think. Uh, yeah, I'd just go with Hall because he was there longer. And what's the Bengals? And at this point, we need a slot corner. I'm fine We're with it. Going to play Ken Riley and Lamar Parrish outside. You got an idea for safety then? Uh, Dave Fulcher and, and Tommy Casanova. I don't know. Reggie Nelson is an argument of free safety. Fulcher for sure. Casanova, one All-Pro in 76, three Pro Bowls from 74 to 76, 77. Fulcher, three Pro Bowls, 88, 89, 90, and one All-Pro in 89. Yeah, Fulcher's got to be one. Leon Hall, or sorry, Reggie Nelson also had only one, but he had a Pro Bowl in Cincinnati. You know, it's funny for um, also the Bengals. He didn't play there long, but for the Bengals, uh, Ashley Ambrose in three years had an All-Pro and Pro Bowl year in 96. On the Bengals? On the Bengals. Huh. He played and he played for a bunch of teams too, but yeah. somehow for the Bengals for that for that three years he was really good for them. Yeah, At least they, he was the first year. 
He had eight interceptions in 1996. Adam Jones also had an all-pro Pro Bowl. Yeah. I, wasn't that for kick returning? You know, it doesn't say, but I would imagine he did that year. I, I feel like there was a year that he was a Pro Bowl kick returner. You know what's weird on this pro football reference? Pat McNally, listed as wide receiver and punter. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so that, those are our two safeties then, right, Casanova? Casanova and Fulcher. And Fulcher. Is there a kicker and punter? Do we want to even rack our brains with a punter? I would like somebody to tell us who the punter is. Well, we can look at kicking pretty easily here, at least. We can look at the Bengals' all-time point leader, all-time points leader, probably, maybe, maybe not. Kevin Huber is the only punter with a Pro Bowl. Kevin Huber wins. Cool. The Bengals have never had a kicker. I think the kicker is probably Neil Rackers. I don't think the Bengals have ever had a kicker who could kick field goals longer than 50 yards besides Neil Rackers. Yeah, because we looked at Shane Graham recently, right? And he even he wasn't good for long, but he in long distance, I mean. But Seven he also had a Pro Bowler in his career. Yeah, not good. You know, Doug I'm Pelfrey was in Cincinnati for a long time. He wasn't very good. <laughs> Man, I think it's Neil Rackers. Is kicker as sad as linebacker for the Bengals? Neil Rackers was really bad, actually, for the Bengals. He was nine of twenty-one for on field goals from forty to forty-nine yards. Right, it wasn't until afterwards where he had a career, right? Yeah, he got much better after he left. Yeah, kicker is rough for the Bengals. Like, Nugent, Graham. Shane Graham, here we go. I guess. Nugent might have been better than Graham in Cincinnati. Someone's going to tell us, how you know the 88 team had, and I I would appreciate if you told me. (laughs) <laughs> like a one year, this is so. I'm looking at guys who've ever kicked a 50 plus yard field goal right now. We can look at 49. Well, I bet you can find a list of maybe five kickers for the Bengals that have made 50 yarders. It's uh, nine, uh, 10. Jeez, 10. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who their kicker was in 1988 right now, and he's like not on the list apparently. Oh, yeah, they didn't no. kick. Lee, they only scored touchdowns. Th- they apparently did not kick any field goals in 1988. <laughs> their, their, their punter kicked seven 50-plus yard field goals in 1988, Lee Johnson. Wait, their punter did this? Their punter kicked seven 50-plus yard attempts. How many did he make? If he made five, Two. Of them, he's the guy. Never mind. <laughs> that, was, that was good timing on that one. <laughs> All right, how about punters? Kevin Huber leads the Bengals in punts. Lee Johnson, the guy that I just mentioned to kick those field goals, is the second leading punter for the Bengals. Let me get Lee Johnson. 1988. He had a strong leg, this Johnson, huh? Uh, Yeah, I don't know if, like, leg is an error-adjusted thing or not. Hmm. I don't know. Blue Chew wasn't around back then. Let's go to our next question. We have more than one to do. I don't think we're getting to them all now. We spent a lot of time on that. We're not going to get to all of them, but we're going to go on to rule changes next. So can you just summarize the 22 for the good people? Yeah, real quick. Ken Anderson, Corey Dillon, James Brooks, A.J. Green, Chad Johnson, Isaac Curtis, Bob Trumpy, Anthony Munoz, uh, Andrew Whitworth, putting him at guard. Why not? Bruce Kazurski, Max Montoya, Willie Anderson, that rounds out the offense. Defense, Carlos Dunlap, Justin Smith, we're adding Coy Bacon to the list also. Geno Atkins and Tim Crumry. We're only taking two linebackers. We probably 
could have taken a third, but we barely could find one. Let's add Simmons to it. It's KO Spikes and Vontez Perfect. Oh. At corner, we're going Ken Riley, Lamar Parrish, and Leon Hall, and Tommy Casanova and David Falter at safety. There you go. The next question comes from Tyler Lindsay, a regular in the mailbag. What are some NFL rule changes you'd like to see? And given our time, we're going to say one rule change that you would like to see, Joe. One rule change that I would like to see. I would say uh, I would like pass interference to be a kind of like the face mask used to be where it was a either a intentional foul or incidental contact where before it was personal foul or incidental grabbing of the face mask. And that way we can say, okay, that's a, that's like the illegal contact. It's only five yards for incidental um, instead of a spot foul down the field. And then the other one could be a spot foul. If he's pulling the guy down while he's beat, then, you know, you should be completely penalized for that. I would also like to see illegal contact be, instead of an automatic first down, be a five-yard penalty, and if that gives you the first down, fine, if, uh, but it's a do-over. So instead of it being third and seven, it'd be third and two. Are there any defensive penalties that are replay the down? I don't think there are. I guess I guess offsides because the down never happens. Sure, if he's unabated to the quarterback. Yeah, are there any... Are there any not or live ball penalties on the defense that lead to a replay down. I don't think so. Not anymore because now the face mask again is a 15 yarder because before you why, get the five yarder. Maybe that's why they got rid of it. Well, they don't want the subjectivity of it of, Oh, well I think that wasn't intentional. Here's five yards. Well, now if they think it's not intentional and, it, and they get the handout quick, it's just not a penalty. Well, that's why you're right. And I, and I like that they don't do that. Yeah. But also when I think of like roughing the kicker or the punter, and they say, nope, it was running into not a first down. I'm like, how do we define that? How are we doing it is, that? If it it hits, is defined. I know if it hits a plant leg, yada, yada. But I still think if a guy gets blown up and he doesn't hit that plant leg, I'm, man, the guy, it, to me, that they, they, should be I end up on, right, I end up sitting there going, that should be roughing. Yeah, I mean, the point of the rule is to protect these guys that are defenseless and they're just kicking footballs. They weigh about 100 pounds. So that's me, two sides of the coin, saying I think there should be just one and not being subjective to having two different, you know, penalties for the penalty. And well, it's because it's not the only other spot side. foul. And yeah. the spot foul part of it is crazy. I mean, we've watched Joe Flacco make a career out of spot foul personal or, or pass interference calls. On bad throws. I think that's the other part yeah. of it. Is you see bad throws lead to pass interference down the field because now the receiver's coming back for the ball. The corner has no idea where the ball is. How about and- that for a change? And if the receiver is... is- going back to the line of scrimmage and runs through the defender or something, that's not pass interference. I would like that. I would like something along those lines. You'd have to be careful about like hitches and stuff, but they could figure it out. Yeah, they could. My, my suggested change would be to extend the bump and run zone to seven yards. Hmm. Give them two more yards to keep hands on players. It's often not called in that area anyway. I was going to say, you probably get seven, but now you would at least know you have seven instead of it being inconsistent yeah because every now and then they call it and it's just like right. oh come on maybe it's eight yards too instead of seven like yeah i don't know I, I i would like to see them let the corners get a little bit more physical with the wide receivers i think that passing the ball is too easy in the nfl i would like holding to change also yeah i think holding being 10 yards you might as well punt the ball in the next play, yeah. especially if you're on an average to worse offense. I'd like it to be a five-yard penalty. Yeah. 
You know what we need to do? We need to get off five and ten yards and just get seven yard penalties. God damn it! Seven <laughs> yards, seven and a half. No, the uh, lines are there for a reason. Let's make it easy. Next question. There's supposed to be no math in this one. Am I asking the question here because I put away my thing? Actually, let me let me come back to this. Okay. Raffle rule changes. Well, yeah, I'm talking to myself here. Sorry, guys. This is from Chris Brantley. He wants to know some of our favorite forgotten Bengals. He lists Medea Williams, Kenny Watson, and Kevin Case for Iron. I think Kevin Kenny Watson is a great example. Kenny Watson was so good. For like the shortest span, right? Just well, like one year. So good at well, I mean, as a specialist, he was great for a long time. That's true. He was the first standout specialist I ever noticed for the Bengals. Mm. All yeah, right. that's so, fair. So I'm going to look at the 2005 roster and see if I forgot anybody from this team that I liked. Kelly Washington. Uh, he had some cool Ke- dances. Kevin Walter. Oh, Kevin Walter. That's a Remember guy. him? And he went to the Texans. He was a decent slot guy for them. Yeah. And I think he dealt with some injuries. Uh, Matt Schobel. He was a yeah. decent Remember he had that... One long catch, 89-yard catch, I want to say. Must have been a he different was, year. He was athletic. Uh, you know who will be forgotten? Jordan Shipley. And and I mean, like, in 10 years, people go, yeah, he, he had a really good rookie year. Mm-hmm. And that was it because he got hurt right away afterwards. But, uh, yeah, it, from going from Hushmanzada to, oh, you know what? This guy will fill in really well as a slot receiver. He did exactly that. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, we've talked about Landon Johnson quite a bit. That's a good yep. one. Corey yep. James is somebody who had an excellent year in Cincinnati. Kewan Ratliff was drafted to be oh, that yeah. nickel Keewan guy. Ratliff. And he was okay, but didn't have the speed and, and athletic ability to be anything more than just an okay player. It was only in Cincinnati for really three years and then part of a fourth. Do you remember Lamont Thompson? He was oh. a second-round safety drafted. Never really played. But he was a monster hitter, just insane, crazy hitter in coming out of Tennessee, I want to say. Just nuts. And he never played. But uh, that just made me think of Keewan Ratliff and then Thompson. I do not remember him. I want to say it had to be like the 2004-05 draft in that range. I see. All right. Remember when Kevin Hardy played for the Bengals? Yes, I do. Kevin Hardy was a good player for the Jaguars, really good player. Great for the Jaguars. You may have had an all-pro Pro Bowl, Kevin Hardy, for the for the Jags, not for the Bengals, he obviously. Did. He didn't play long. 1999. You know who is also forgotten that was pretty good when he got here? Uh, Thomas Howard. And yeah. he was an athletic cover linebacker. I was for very excited Raiders. for that signing. That was Me one of too. my favorite free agent signings in Bengals history. Same here. And he had a good – the time he played, he was good for the Bengals. And then he got hurt, and that's what put Perfect on the field. Man. The history of linebackers is rough. Is Donnie Jones forgotten? No. He's too famous. Not yet. I think if you're in five, ten years, people will be like, oh, he played for the Bengals. I guess new fans probably don't know who he is. He was fun around the time. Remember, they had they had no the story. They had no linebackers. Nobody, right? And they were in and out and been a linebacker. And they said, well, we'll pick up Donnie Jones. He's a street free agent. Played for the Eagles for like five, six years at the time. Really smart guy. Wore a bow tie. 
And he just it seemed like he was going on with the rest of his life. And, and that was it for football. Bengals picked him up halfway through the year. He was just flat out good for that second half of the year for them. They re-sign him. He leads the team in tackles for like two straight years. As, as Raymond Lugo is drafted to be a middle linebacker, they play him at Sam because Donnie Jones was just good for them. And then he eventually wasn't – he was an overachiever his whole career. So eventually his um, average athleticism got worse, and that was it for him. But he's had a successful life afterwards. Yeah. I think we might have to defer the rest of the questions to a later date. Let's pick one more that we that we flagged for today. And I'll let hmm. you pick it, Joe. You know, let me pick it. Are we going to talk about any of the work-related Bengal stuff? Yeah, you want to just talk about that for the rest of the show? Yeah, I think we had some great responses. There, there were some really cool responses. I'll point out before we get into them that our old sponsor, Abco Safety, you saw Joe's Bengals hard hat? They have them. If you want one, go check out Abco Safety. I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to hear from Bob here pretty soon. I got a message from him today. Oh, really? Yeah. I might get back with it. old Abco. Keep yeah, us safe. You, you can all get your Bengals hard hats as soon as Abco Safety is back on board. I've been wearing that thing a long time. It's out of date, actually, but I'm still wearing it. Better get yourself a new one to uh, protect your old head. I will. But some other people had some great submissions for Bengals gear. And I asked for work-related stuff, but we got some cars also. Did you see this one guy? Now, he's parked in front of NASA. Eric Wolschlager. Is that his name? Wolschlager? He's, he is a rocket scientist. Why do you know? Did you ask him? He lives in Florida, USA. Does know. it say he's a rocket science scientist? It's, it's, he says it's his daily driver and is parked in front of NASA. Hmm. It's Eric, kind of I, far away to be employee parking, though. I don't know. Or do employees park far away? He also says best place in the world beside Paul Brown Stadium, so maybe he was visiting, and he's just like a, an enthusiast. That's possible. Eric, you're going to have to tell us. I, I hope, hope he works at NASA. Show. I hope well, he works I mean, at NASA, too. That'd be cool. He replied, so I assume he does. Well, but you I, tweeted that. Yeah, to the lockdown account. Anyways. True. I, um, this guy, Willie Dixon over here, oh, Dixon man. 606, has a very creepy nutcracker, Bengal nutcracker. So creepy. And he's got a messed up jaw. He's a little bit uh, crooked there, but I don't, I don't like that. No, but he keeps it in his office in case it comes alive at night. So it's good. He's keeping his kids Logic safe. Sound. He has them. Yes. yes. Michael, Michael Wilder has a yeah. shelf full of stuff. I've had that bookshelf at work. I think that's Is a, he a very teacher? common... Uh, um, no. There's a whiteboard behind him. A lot and of it, offices have whiteboards. This is I, like a detention room. I don't think you would have that stuff on display in a school. Some of those Why? helmets are signed. Oh, you think kids are just bad? Yes. Yes. <laughs> this looks like a detention room, man. We, hey, we, I bet he's we, a gym teacher. He I bet is Michael Wilder the senior is programming it. manager at Upward SC, whatever that oh. is. Sorry, Michael. I thought you were. That makes more sense to me. This this look this looks a lot like my office did at my previous job. Um, I didn't have cinder blocks, but I had a desk. I had a book stand like this in my desk. I have cinder blocks in my in my control room also. So I wasn't talking down to the cinder blocks here. I'm not talking down to the cinder blocks. I'm just saying that's the difference. Okay. Chris Reinhardt. Chris is always a a good conversation. He's got a Hootay mug at work. So does Tumblr. I, I haven't seen this word Tumblr in a long time. 
Yeah, you, you shocked me with that. Also, this is Dalton to Green TD. He also has one. It looks like he's got a he's got he's got some spiked tea in there. I think that's coffee. That's not coffee. You know which one I do like though. All of them. One, no, there's two more on here. I know all of them, but Gators or Gator OS. Yeah, I don't know how that goes. But he says he has a couple of Greg Cook originals and an honorary contract from when my dad tried out for the expansion Bengals. Look at that. Yeah. You see that thing? Yeah, honorary quarterback. It's got the gold logo in there. You see the the tiger running with the, oh, with yeah. the ball in his hand. Yeah, that's with the cool. helmet coming off. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a one of a kind right there. Yeah, but. How about our man Dusty Balls? Dusty Balls, what's he got? He's, he's coming through. You didn't see this? Jeep. With the look at the undercarriage is all orange. I see it. He said he's working on this. This is awesome. He's gonna paint it. This is fantastic. That's commitment. I want to paint it. You should get orange wheels too, Dusty. Is Dusty his first name? We never asked, did we? I think it's Balls. Balls is his first name. <laughs> Mister Mister Dusty or Mister Balls? Yeah. David uh, Moore, Dave Moore has a 1988 mug here. He's got all his pens in there. It's got yeah. the uh, roster. We could have just used this. Use yeah. this. Jim Breach, number three. That's the kick. That's the kicker right there. It's yeah. a modern era, Joe. Need the big leg. I think uh, that's all. We, besides we, people's sadness and failure, we got quite a few responses that were like, "We carry psychological issues with us at work." <laughs> Bengals related psychological issues. I'm sorry, you're also scarred by the Bengals. I get a lot of weird questions about my helmet. Do you? Why are you wearing a tiger striped helmet at work, Joe? No, that's, yeah, right. It's not like, hey, Bengals fan. It's more like, so you're a big fan of Frosted Flakes, huh? Yeah. Like Tony the Tiger? Yeah, I guess they're great. (sighs) No, are you signed because of the joke? Uh, I'm talking about Frosted Flakes being seen as part of a balanced breakfast. Sugar cereal, <laughs> su- sugar cereal is bad for you. Okay, that's this all. Is coming from the guy with pineapple on his pizza. All right, let's wrap. I it don't up. eat pineapple on my pizza. Also, Whatever, pineapple is a natural fruit. It's probably healthy. Broccoli. I meant to say broccoli. On your and pizza. you agreed with me that that was a great idea. I won't admit it now. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us here at the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We do have some more of your questions flagged. We might get to them tomorrow because it's the off season. What else are we going to do? We're going to answer your questions all off season. It'll be fun. It's all actually, of your questions. It's actually a lot of fun. So keep, keep asking us questions. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow, Bengals fans. Until then, have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 